Well, good morning, church. How are we doing? Good. Great to see you. So good to be in worship with you on this special uh, day of celebration and of worship, Pentecost Sunday, and also our birthday party. Yeah. We are 12 years old this month. Maybe not today, but this month, 12 years old. Uh, like preteen, adolescent, we're, we're, we're maturing, <laughs> we are 12 years old, so glad that we could be uh, all together in worship this morning. If you haven't had a chance, our Collide coffee truck, not ours, our mission partner, Go Ministries, their, their coffee trailer is out front with some special drinks and lemonade, some of you already enjoyed them to purchase, they're going to be here after service as well, um, as well as Kona Ice Truck will be in the front parking lot, so... Be sure, to, be sure to hang around after uh, for some more celebration. All right, uh, the kids, let's go ahead. I'm going to dismiss you. Miss Debbie is ready for you there at the steps. You guys are going to have a special Pentecost celebration yourself this morning. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, as we have shared this morning, today is the day in the life of the church when we celebrate Pentecost. That is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit onto the disciples. Um, on, you know, sort of think about it as the beginning of the church, which is why it's traditionally known as the birthday of the church. When the Holy Spirit is poured out on the early disciples there in Jerusalem, they had been waiting, they'd been praying. Jesus said, wait here. And the Pentecost is the festival, is the day that it happens. So we often think of it in that reading from Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes like a rush of a violent wind, like fire, divided tongues falling on the disciples. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Uh, so I thought today uh, I'd show you one of my favorite Pentecost stoles that is tongues of flames. Do you see this? Right? I mean, that's like, I was like, man, I don't have to wear that today. Even if it clashes with my outfit a little bit, huh? Not, it goes perfect. So this stole was actually given to me by my childhood pastor on the day of my ordination. This was one of his stoles, uh, and he gifted it to me uh, in a box of some of his stoles. He's retired now. I did not stole my stole. No, I did not. <laughs> Thank you, Daryl. Yeah, a little uneven there. Yeah, but I've, uh, I don't think I've actually ever worn this one. So I know we don't do that often here, but I thought today... Tongues of fire, we're going to celebrate it today. This is the passage that we often think of when the Holy Spirit comes. It's at this point when the disciples are empowered by the Spirit to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ in the world. That's why it's the birthday of the church. It's now their task, their role, their job. After the resurrection and ascension, Jesus leaves. It's now the church empowered by the Holy Spirit, who is called to continue the work of Jesus Christ in the world. This event, it was Pentecost. It was a day, uh, already a festival day, where folks had gathered from many nations, many tongues, many people were there, many, many languages. And it's sort of this chaotic scene, right? I mean, can you imagine if you were praying, <laughs> and all of a sudden a rush like a violent wind 
tongues of fire, you know, resting on people, beginning to speak and prophesy in different languages. The miracle here, though, too, because later, if you keep reading this passage, they say, aren't all of these Galileans? How is it that we understand? How is it that we speak in different languages and yet we understand? So it's, a real, it's really a bit of a chaotic scene. So chaotic, in fact, that people around start wondering what is happening, what is going on, and even other people who aren't clearly participating say, they must be drunk. <laughs> this is such a wild and chaotic scene that they are, they are drunk. They are, this is not normal. They're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you, finish, if you keep going here in Acts to be witnesses to Jesus in Jerusalem, in Samaria, all of Judea, to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. In this chaos, in this scene, it's actually Peter who stands up and he delivers the Pentecost sermon. He says, no, 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 they're not, they're not drunk. This is what's supposed to happen. This is what the Lord promised would happen. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit finally come. This is to fulfill the prophet Joel. And he reads that prophecy that we heard this morning. And Peter says, this is to fulfill this prophecy. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, God declares. On your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is it. Pentecost is the fulfillment of this promise. It's the fulfillment of this promise, this prophecy. It's not just an event from the past. It's in those days, the end days, as we heard this morning, which we kind of come to know as the days of the church. On this side of the resurrection, before Christ has returned, empowered by the Holy Spirit, these, the end days, are the days of church who are called to carry out and to continue the work of Jesus Christ in the world. So therefore, Pentecost is not just a past event that we commemorate and we celebrate and remember as something that happened back then. No, it's something still. The gifting of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring on all flesh, these are the days that we are living in. This is something that continues to happen even for us, even today. The Spirit is still being poured out on all flesh. Which is why it's also a great day to celebrate our birthday as Revolution Church. Because we are a people of the Spirit. And we have been a people of the Spirit for 12 years now. We have been and experienced the power and work of the Holy Spirit every time someone is baptized and accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We have experienced the power of the Spirit every time someone has accepted that power and Spirit offered to them to live a life modeled and patterned after Jesus Christ. Every time someone has experienced sobriety and recovery in any form, we've experienced the Spirit. 
Every time someone has found grace and forgiveness from their sin, every time someone has felt called into ministry, has begun seminary, has been sent to another church, has gone into the mission field, do you all realize how many people this church has sent into ministry in 12 years? A lot. <laughs> I actually tried to name and count them all, and I was like, I'm going to forget people. I can't, and I'm not saying not just in the United Methodist Church, but missionaries that we have supported, people who have felt called to missions, folks that we have partnered with. We have been a church that has made disciples who have gone on to make disciples who have gone on to make more disciples, so many that we can't see them all here, gathered here. We've experienced the work of the power, the power and work of the Holy Spirit. Every time has, someone has felt called to ministry, who has begun teaching and going into the mission field. Every time someone has come forward and has dreamed a new dream of a way that we could be the revolution. Whether it's the food pantry, you know, collecting food out front. Whether it's delivering burritos. Whether it's going into the streets and our street reach and homeless ministry. I mean, I mean, constantly, you all are coming to me, even in the three years I've been here, and I know it's continued, going, you have a new dream, a new idea, a new way that the Holy Spirit has been inspiring you and being poured out on this place to say this is a way that we can join Jesus Christ in the revolution of God's love through teaching and service to be the revolution. We are people of the Spirit called to continue the work of Jesus Christ today. So Acts 2 is often a scripture that we think of, and I, I wanted to read that for us today, mostly so we could see the tongues of flame. No, I'm just kidding. Not just for the stole. But that is our Pentecost passage that we think of. But there's another passage of scripture that I want to reflect on with you for just a moment this morning as we think about what it means to continue to be a people of the Spirit. Like, yes, we can look back and we can commemorate the, the first Pentecost, the first outpouring, and we can look back on 12 years and see how the Spirit has been at work and see God's faithfulness and see how the Spirit has continued to lead and guide us. But what about now, from here on? When we think about being a people of the Spirit now in 2022 and continuing, there's another passage of scripture that I want to reflect on with you, uh, and it comes from John chapter 14. It's a little lengthy, you know, because, oh, look, there, happy birthday. That was supposed to be up there. It's a little lengthy, but I want to read it to you. It's, it's um, a teaching from Jesus when he's still with his disciples toward the middle to the end of John, um, and it comes from John chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. Jesus says this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. And where I am going, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. You would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it, it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? 
Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe an account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. And his teaching ends with this. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is one of his last teaching blocks in the Gospel of John before his arrest and crucifixion. Jesus spends time with his disciples, answering their questions, explaining to them again what is going to happen, how he goes to prepare a place for them, and he has shown them the way. What is the way? I am the way. Show us the Father. If you've seen me, Jesus says, you have seen the Father. But at the end of all of that, after all of the questions and all of sort of the the confusion and and the patience that he shows here with his followers, he says, but don't worry. I'm going to leave you a helper who's going to help you remember all of these things that I've told you. It's like an open book test, maybe. I don't know. I'm like thinking, they're, they're nervous, right? They're trying to cram it all in, all of this time that they can have with Jesus, you know, cramming for the big test. Here it goes. And Jesus says, no, 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 don't worry. I'm going to leave you a helper. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. Sort of one of these great mysteries, right? He explains here um, something that we come to know of today is sort of Trinitarian theology, this idea that we serve uh, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who we can experience three persons in one, all together, sort of intermingling, um, not, not easily separated, and, and yet three in one. It's a great mystery of our faith. It's the Father who sends the Son, who reveals God's plan for salvation to the world, and then the Son who sends the Spirit, who empowers that same work of redemption and salvation today. It's a mystery, and yet we have these sort of images. Even our triketra is an image of the Trinity. Here, our sort of image that we've used for Revolution Church. This idea that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are, are three in one, moving together, acting together, not easily separated. You know, we really can talk a lot about, and we understand God the Father, God the Creator. We have a good sense and grasp uh, and talk about God the Father a lot, and even Jesus the Son, right? We, we know a lot about Jesus and can understand, and, and of course we, we experienced him on earth and have recorded teachings of him, and he is the Messiah and this rabbi and prophet and teacher. We have a pretty good sense, right, of how God sends the Son who dies for our sins. And even, honestly, here at Revolution, I think we talk about the Spirit pretty well too. But I would say of the three, the Spirit is probably the most mysterious, the most unknown, the most maybe misunderstood. 
It's the Spirit here in John chapter 14 that Jesus says will be a helper. And in Greek, it's also an advocate, a comforter, a counselor. He says, I will not leave you as orphaned, but I will leave you a paraclete is the word, parakletos, helper, advocate, counselor. So as an advocate, it's come to one's side or aid to urge strongly, appeal to, urge, exhort, encourage, to make a strong request for something, to request, implore, entreat, comfort, encourage, cheer up as sort of a comforter and counselor. All of these things the Spirit will do for you, Jesus says. And in other places in Scripture, it's the Spirit who intercedes for us in prayer. Right? It's the Spirit who gives us words when we don't have the words to speak. It's the Spirit who I, it is the work and experience of God for us, but it's almost hard to sort of pin down and understand and, and know, to be surrounded by, to be engulfed by, to, to feel that comfort, to feel that presence, to feel that peace the power of the Holy Spirit. There's church historians that have used this image as a tugboat. If you think of like sort of paraclete as the one that comes alongside. If you think about what a, a, a tugboat does for, for a large ship, it helps it navigate narrow waters. It leads, it guides. I like sort of find comfort in that image. Comes to the aid of supporting and helping The Spirit will do these things, Jesus says, so therefore do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And this is the one that I have found much comfort in in the last several weeks as I've reflected on this passage and how to be a people of the Spirit today. I find great comfort in the words of Jesus here when he says, I do not give as the world gives. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Jesus knows what the disciples are about to go and face. Persecution, trial, many tribulations. They'll have to stand before courts and and testify to the power of Jesus Christ. They're going to be persecuted. They'll be put to death. So when he says, I'm going to comfort you by the Spirit, I'm going to send a helper, I'm going to send an advocate, someone to intercede for you, someone to give you the words to speak, that's the exact sort of event that he's anticipating, that the disciples will realize when it's happening. That's right. And he begins and ends his teaching by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. And then even, you know, don't worry, the Spirit's going to help you remember this too. (laughs) Because I would need that. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Everything that's going to come to pass, of everything these disciples are going to face... And he's saying that it, there will be peace yes. even in the midst of it. Do not let your hearts be troubled. When I think about how we might continue to be a people of the Spirit today, I think it's of utmost importance that we remember this very teaching of Jesus. If I think about being a Pentecost people, the Spirit still being poured out on all flesh, this 
is a teaching that we need to remember today. Do not let our hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid because the spirit is still with us, is still being poured out, and is still working as an advocate, a comforter, a counselor, a helper for us today. Friends, there is much that can trouble our hearts today. There is much that does trouble our hearts today. And there is much to be afraid of. We are living in times of great fear. In my preparations, I actually came upon a sermon by Martin Luther King Jr. called The Mastery of Fear. Has anyone come across this sermon of his? This is how it begins. This is the beginning of his sermon. Today, it has become almost a truism to call our time an age of fear. In these days of terrifying change, bitter international tension, and chaotic social disruption, who has not experienced the paralysis of crippling fear? Everywhere there are people depressed and bewildered, irritable and nervous, all because of the monster of fear. Like a nagging hound of hell, fear follows our every footstep, leaving us tormented by day and tortured by night. He preached this in Atlanta in 1962. And as I read it, I thought, this might as well be 2022. Because he goes on talking about the modern fears, such as fear of war, fear of economic displacement, the fears that accompany racial injustice and segregation the fears associated with personal anxiety, all of it so applicable and relevant for us still today, this many years later. There's much that troubles our hearts. There's much for us to be afraid of. There's much that we fear. We fear another world war. We fear nuclear war. We fear uh, current economic displacement as well. Look at inflation rates and and talk of maybe regression that's coming. We fear for our safety as we leave our homes. We fear the growing numbers of gun violence. We fear for our children and the world that they will inherit. We fear for the future of our church. We fear change. We fear environmental changes that are happening and what will be in store for the future. We live still in an age of fear. And many of these are legitimate fears. And in his teaching, he goes on to tell the difference between sort of normal and abnormal fears. Normal fears, Martin Luther King Jr. says, protects us. Abnormal fears paralyze us. Normal fear is a friend that motivates us to improve our individual and collective welfare. Abnormal fear is an enemy that constantly poisons and distorts our inner lives. And hear this, so our problem is not to get rid of fear, but to harness and master it. Normal fear is a good thing that will help to improve our individual and collective welfare, he says. That kind of fear that motivates us to action. We gotta do something about this. There are some fears that we are living with that just don't have to be the way that they are. So there are three ways that he says that you can master normal fear. Three ways. We can master fear through courage, through love, and through faith. 
courage, he says, to face and name our fears because we fear what we don't understand. Fear. So courage to, to face our fears. And then master it through love. As scripture says, perfect love casts out fear. We fear each other. We fear people who are different from us. We fear folks from different lifestyles. We fear the unknown. We fear losing power and influence and control in our lives. We face what we do not know, and we learn to understand it. And by the power of love, get to know people and situations that might be different from us, their life experience, their perspectives, what they love, what scares them. We might see that things aren't quite as scary as we overcome these fears with love. Hatred and bitterness can never cure the disease of fear. Only love can do that. Hatred paralyzes life. Love releases it. Hatred confuses life. Love harmonizes it. Hatred darkens life. Love lights it. We can master fear through courage, through love, to remember that perfect love casts out fear and also master our fear through faith. Faith in Jesus Christ who secures our future. Faith in Jesus Christ who gives us the power of the Holy Spirit that comforts and guides and helps us still today. Faith through the Spirit who empowers and motivates us to improve our individual and collective welfare as a people of the Spirit in the world today. Faith, as we remember, as Scripture also says, that the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. Sometimes I think we don't really understand that. We don't really get that. That's some power. Sometimes I think we underestimate that power. Sometimes I think we don't quite know what to do when Jesus says, it's good that I leave, because if I do leave, then the Spirit will come, and when the Spirit comes, even greater things will you do in my name. Do y'all hear that? Do you get that? Have we received that Spirit? Are we willing to receive that Spirit? Not a Spirit that we can control, but one that comes like tongues of flames and fire and wind and the Spirit blows where the Spirit blows, Scripture also says. But the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound judgment. We have the power then to respond to our fears with courage, with love, with action, with faith. That doesn't mean our fears go away or we disregard them or we don't see them as real, but that we learn to face them with courage together. Those normal fears through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are people of the Spirit today. And I think this is what we were trying to go for. When you remember, we've said, we've said these questions a few times lately. We've had folks join the church. We've had a couple baptisms. We had a confirmation. Our membership vows, those three or four questions that are asked of you before you join this church, and as you confess your faith in Jesus Christ, one of the questions is, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil and justice and oppression in whatever forms they, they present themselves? Friends, those are the things I'm afraid of 
right? The evil, the injustice, the impression that still exists in the world, the violence, the chaos. Do you accept the freedom that Jesus Christ gives to you, the power that God offers to you and the Holy Spirit to master these fears and to resist them so that we can be a people of the Spirit today? Testifying to Jesus Christ. Continuing to follow the path to the kingdom of heaven. It's a kingdom of peace and of justice and of love. We are a people of the Spirit. Because if you're sitting here and you've joined this church, you've all answered this question. This is the work that God calls us to. This is the work that Jesus empowers us to do. This is where we find the comfort and the strength that we need to continue the work of Jesus Christ in the world, to witness to, to anticipate, to build this coming kingdom where Jesus Christ is Lord. To remember that Jesus gives not as the world gives. The world will tell you something else to do with your fear. That if you're feeling afraid or vulnerable, that we should strengthen ourselves and arm ourselves and defend ourselves. But Jesus says, no, perfect love is what truly will cast out fear. Love. This is the power that's available to us in the Spirit. So today we celebrate that. We celebrate and we give thanks for all of God's faithfulness, that God is still pouring out the Spirit on all flesh. And we pray, maybe boldly, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And we pray, maybe boldly, that we will accept this freedom and power that God has given us to dream new dreams, to have faith and boldness and courage to live this life of faith, to follow Jesus Christ in his path and in his way to the kingdom. We celebrate that this morning, and we also anticipate that, you know, in the next few weeks, we're going to continue talking about the Holy Spirit and how we can experience it today. Yes, it is sort of uh, mysterious uh, of how the Spirit works and, and how the Spirit shows up, but that's why I wanted to spend just a, maybe playing off that mystery a little bit. I wanted to spend a few weeks with you sharing some Holy Ghost stories. Kicking off the summer with that kind of feel of like, let's gather around the campfire. <laughs> let's read some scripture. Let's look at some stories in our faith tradition of how people have experienced God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I also want to hear from you. Over the course of the next couple of weeks, if you have sort of one of those God moments or, or glory sightings where you know that you know that you know that you are experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in that moment, I want to hear about it because we're going to share some Holy Ghost stories as we try to continue and encourage us to be a people of the Spirit today because the Spirit is still being poured out. The Spirit is still active and moving and leading and guiding us. So yes, we celebrate today all that God has done, and then we accept that power that God gives us to continue on so that we may continue to join Jesus and the revolution of transforming lives, transforming our world through teaching and service. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. 
God, we thank you so much for this day and for the opportunity that we have to worship together, to be in your presence. Lord, truly, we want to have the courage and the faith to say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We know that there is power, your power available in the Holy Spirit so that we might continue to do the work of Jesus Christ in the world. There is so much that terrifies us today, Lord. And we know that you see those fears and you acknowledge them. Lord, would you give us the strength that we need today to seek you in the middle of our fear? Would you give us the strength and the encouragement that we need from some of these stories and testimonies and witnesses and scripture to say even in these these times of uncertainty and and doubt and, and even darkness and fear, God, you still show up. You still meet us where we are. You still bless us with spiritual gifts. You still lead and guide us and teach us. And still your promises are true that all of those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Enlighten us. Illuminate these teachings over the next couple of weeks that we might become more aware truly of your spirit at work in the world. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.